0: Welcome to the Diabetics Doing Things podcast. We're back with new episodes in 2017, telling the amazing stories of type 1 diabetics across the world. I'm your host, Rob Howe, and if you'd like to get involved with Diabetics Doing Things, all you have to do is shoot me an email or reach out via Instagram. Hey everyone, before we get started, I just wanted to say thank you for listening. We had a great first year of the podcast, but none of it would have been possible without you and your support. I love getting messages, emails, and comments from type 1 diabetics all over the world. It really makes my day, so keep sharing, searching, and commenting, and I'll keep tracking down the people behind the amazing type 1 stories out there. Now let's get back to the episode. Hello and welcome back again to Diabetics Doing Things. We're back with new episodes in 2017 and continuing the trend of very interesting and very awesome guests. Uh, my guest today is Laura Pavlakovich from LA. Laura, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for coming on the show today. really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And Laura, you and I have been chatting really for, for a while now, back and forth uh, via Instagram. Um, and your Instagram, I believe, is you're just my type, right?
1: You're just my type one.
0: Just my type one, fantastic, and uh, specifically, Laura. T- I mean, I don't want to spoil uh, everyone. Uh, spoil, spoiler alert! But Laura is a fantastic photographer, um, and I want to just uh, get to know you and the projects that you're getting to work on, and uh, kind of clue everybody in. Perfect.
1: Shall I be? Shall I start?
0: Yeah, you should. Just tell us all about uh, all about Laura, and then we'll get into it.
1: <laughs> okay, I guess we'll start. From the beginning. Um, I I grew up in Redondo Beach and I was diagnosed with type one at a very young age. I was only four years old. So I think I, I consider myself very lucky. I don't remember any before's before diagnosis stories. Um I I lived a really <laughs> I had a really good childhood. My mom started a support group for kids with diabetes in the South Bay called the South Bay Hotshots. I grew up going to children's hospital. I went to Camp Conrad Chinook. I had a great support group and then after high school I decided to do this photojournalism program. It was this life experience program and it was based in Germany and we lived in this castle and did all film photography and it was focused on injustice and poverty and I left when I was 17 years old and I had no idea what I was getting myself into in the best way possible. Um, It was based in Germany, like I said, we got to live in Egypt, and I lived in Paris, I worked at an orphanage in China, I fought against human trafficking in Thailand, we traveled to over eight countries in under a year, and it was all just literally, we were just (laughs) spreading awareness through photography, which is all I've ever wanted to do. And I came home, and I was 18, and I got all my friends together, and I'm like, you guys, we need to change the world. There's so much happening that we didn't know about, and I didn't really get the response that I was looking for, so I...
0: And, uh, and I want to focus on that for a second. Um, so you came home after this incredible, impactful experience, uh, and then you pitched it to your friends and didn't get the response you were looking for. What kind of response did you get?
1: Um, I kind of got, well, like I said, where we grew up was a very, um, a very nice neighborhood. I went to a private school. We're not really taught what's going on in the world. I came home and I had changed so drastically and it wasn't very fair for me to think this, but I kind of just assumed that everyone else had changed too. And obviously they hadn't. So I came back and my friends were like sitting in the same seats at the same restaurants that they had been going to. And I, I tried to get them excited and they all just, not all, some of them looked at me like they didn't know other countries existed. And I got very like unjustifiably angry where in a, I had so many situations to inform them and educate them about what I saw. And instead I just got frustrated and felt the need (laughs) to kind of start over. Definitely. But I see now, I mean, yeah, yeah, I should have educated them, but they, they just they just kind of were not on board with my big, big plans that I now had for my life to help make the world a better place, you know?
0: So f- from there, um, you know, with that realization, being 18 years old, obviously, and having seen and a great deal of the world that uh, most of us will never be, you know, directly exposed to, well, uh, what did you do? What, what path did you take next?
1: Okay, so I moved to Denver, Colorado. You're from, Are you, you're not from Denver. You're not from Colorado.
0: I'm not from Colorado. I uh, I was f- graciously adopted into Colorado as my second home. I went to college uh, in Colorado Springs. Um Shout out, University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. Um, and I lived in Colorado for about six years. So I, I, my home is Dallas, but Colorado was my gracious second home for a little while.
1: Oh, definitely. It's an amazing place. I moved there um, just for about a year. I had an older brother that was living out there. He went to college out there. And, you know, I got I got really stuck in being a young kid living in a new city And we fast forward a little bit. I ended up moving back to California to go back to school. I was going to go to San Francisco State. My dad got remarried, and my stepmother is in the Air Force. And so that comes with a lot of benefits, including college. And so I came back with all intentions to go to school. And I ended up moving back to the place I am from, Redondo Beach. I got a job on the beach. I got an apartment on the beach. And I ended up staying there for four years and got completely sidetracked by the daily routine of life.
0: Isn't that funny how like, you know, <laughs> one, one thing leads to another and I was, I was even thinking about this uh, and discussing it with a previous interviewer that I did earlier this week and, you know, sometimes you just get busy with your day-to-day and like I, uh, we did diabetics doing things through the first six months of 2016 was pretty strong. Uh, and then I ha- I hadn't – haven't released an episode uh, – didn't really re- release an episode for the rest of the year. Um, and so, yeah, I totally get it. Like, you know, sometimes you just pick one thing and then it leads to another. And then all of a sudden, all those hopes and dreams and goals that you had were just – are still right where you left them. Right, and it,
1: it's sad. It's really sad. However, I mean – so I – I've lived a lot. I ended up moving. I, I felt very stuck and I knew I was stuck and I knew that this wasn't the life that I wanted to be living as nice and convenient as it had become for me. And so I put myself in an uncomfortable situation, which I needed, and I moved out and got a place of my own in Long Beach and decided to become very independent. But I still did not know. Like, I still had this, like... Hovering feeling of what am I what am I gonna do? Like I don't like to settle my dream has been to take photos that are going to make a Difference and I just didn't know how I was going to do that For way too long and then I went to a wedding With with a friend of mine um, And I started talking to this woman there who had two kids and she did not know that I was diabetic it was never something I never talked about being diabetic ever. Like my my important friends knew, my obviously my fam like family members knew. It was never something that I educated people about. It was so much it is so much a part of me and I had never really embraced the community that we are given up until this this point in my life. So I I met this mother, she was talking to me, she said that she had to leave the wedding early because she had a type one son who was four years old, the age that I was when I was diagnosed. And she mentioned that he just felt so alone and would spend nights crying, thinking that he was the only one living with this disease. And I'm not even kidding, like my entire universe stopped right there. Like everything got quiet and I just knew, like even talking about it now, like gives me goosebumps. I just knew exactly what I needed to do. And I think I was even so shocked to realize this is what I needed to do because I never saw a future that revolves around type one diabetes. But from that very conversation, I decided that I was going to do whatever it takes to end the feeling of isolation that comes with this disease, that I was so lucky enough to not have to feel and I knew that I could do that through my photography. And so right then and there, I knew that I wanted to photograph as many diabetics as I possibly could all over the world and kind of create this like visual to this invisible disease.
0: And isn't it, isn't it funny how those moments when you sort of least expect them um, creep up and, and you find that moment of inspiration um, sort of capture that lightning in a bottle feeling Um, cause it wasn't the first time that you'd thought of it, right. Or had thought of, you know, taking photos has always been your dream, but.
1: Taking right. But, but anything to do with diabetes had not, was never part of my future. I thought I had never put two and two together.
0: Well, and I, I had, I was very similar really till about a year and a half ago, um, with my diabetes, and it wasn't because I was embarrassed. It was—it was just like you said. It becomes a part of your day-to-day life. You don't really notice it. You're not exposed to the community just because you haven't allowed yourself to be, maybe. And so then all of a sudden, it, it sort of comes into perspective for you. For me, i, I thought of—I was having this. Uh, I was in Colombia. I think I've told this story before, but uh, I'll spare everybody the the long details and just say I was—I was in, was in Colombia for work. And I had a lot more time to spend by myself because I was in a part of the city where you can't go really out at night and I don't speak Spanish. So um, there were times where I was just kind of hanging out by myself. And so I was doing a lot of thinking and planning on what I wanted to do with my life. And I've always known I've always been happiest when I'm helping people. Um, And that's just what fills me up. And so I thought, okay, well, where do I start? And I thought, oh, I have diabetes. I am not going to ever be, you know, the best uh, you know, marketing person, the best athlete, the best, whatever, but maybe I could find a voice within the diabetes community. And at the, at that moment I was like, yeah, that's it. That's where it is. Those are, these are my people I should try to give back because uh, like you said, the first time I ever helped someone like just by giving them advice or telling them about what I had done with diabetes, the first time that they got back to me and the first email I read was just like a photo of a kid with a participation medal from a triathlon that he had been afraid to commit to before. And then he just did it. And that just made it made me feel so good um, to know that now he's going to have that. And if someone ever asks him, he'll do the same thing. Um, Yeah. That's just, that's an amazing feeling.
1: And you get like the biggest rush from it. And I think what's so special is that like, like you said, like I don't have to be the best photographer and I don't have to know everything about diabetes. It's, it's so easy to do what we're doing because all you have to do is talk about your personal experiences and like you said like these emails that i receive from people are like so life changing and i'll just be i'll just be having the most stressful week and be so caught up with daily life and i'll receive an email like thanking me for what i do and it puts everything back in perspective so quickly
0: and and that's important right i mean it's important to have those grounding things because yeah it's easy to tell the story because it's our experience but it's also honest and i think earnest so those are those are also really important factors of it i think there's a really big stigma for being honest not you know just in in today's you know world all of our lives are very curated we only share the good stuff um, and I think it's very, it's important to show the good stuff along with the, the hard, the challenges, because you know, diabetes can be a challenge. Every day can be a, a challenge and oh my
1: God. it is not easy. And that's, that's the thing too. So like the under, like my whole message, I, i I want to get across is that like, it is okay to admit that this sucks and it sucks for all of us. And I meet these kids. Well, let me, can I rewind a little bit? Of course. To, Okay. So I, once I like realized that this was like my one true calling, I had, I was so stoked. I was so excited. I told everyone about this idea. They were so excited for me. And then I got lazy Uh, again. I mean, I don't know if I got lazy. I just got, I mean, I just was still, I was working three jobs. I was so busy and it took about six months where I would just get by off of telling people that I had this idea to like photograph diabetics from around the world and they would get so excited and I'd go to bed so excited and then I'd wake up and realize nothing has happened like I have not done anything yet and that like I truly needed to start it took an entire six months I think before I ever did anything about it and then finally I woke up and I'm like if you don't do this today when are you ever going to do this and I wrote this I guess, kind of like a cover letter explaining what I wanted to do and my idea. And it's so crazy how much my, like how more focused I am on what I want. I had no idea what I wanted to come from this, but I wrote this letter just saying like, Hey guys, this is, this is my story. I'm not asking for money. I'm just asking for people to photograph. And I got on Google and I typed in like diabetes organizations and, charities and nonprofits, and I just sent it out to probably over 60 websites, and I didn't know if anyone was going to receive them. And I got a message a few days later. This is a sh- huge shout out to the Padre Foundation, which is in Orange County, California, and they work with um, diabetic youth. And I had actually gone to camp my entire life with the head of direct, like the board director, which I didn't even know that's what he did for a living. And he wrote me back saying, I got your message. We're having a parent night this week. I would love it if you come like, talk about what you want to do bring a sign up sheet and I got there and I was so nervous and I'm not a good public speaker and he was like do you not want to come up and I'm like no I don't think I can and he did it he explained what I wanted to do for me and I stood at the door and I had over 100 signatures from families that wanted their kids to be involved with what I wanted to do and once that night happened I was like okay no excuses like you now have promised these people what you're going to do like You are now being held accountable, and I think I needed that to happen so badly, and ever since then, it has been non-stop every day, three photo shoots a week minimum, I think. The most amazing, overwhelming feeling you could possibly
0: feel. So that's three, three photo shoots a week for specifically just capturing diabetics.
1: Right, so the process is, so I just started, like this was such a tiny little idea I had and I started an Instagram and I made a Facebook page and I have a website, a very simple website where I just post the photos and share the stories. Um, I had to figure out how to get organized very quickly with doing this because of the amount of people that wanted to be involved that I was just not expecting. And so people reach out to me if they want to be featured and I send them, like, this little questionnaire that kind of just, like, gives them some guidelines for their story. But really, I truly encourage people to write whatever they want to write. Like, I don't encourage, like, sugar coating, <laughs> No pun intended. Um, I want people to know, like, how, how hard it is, but how we're all literally all in this together. And so I'll send them the questionnaire, and as soon as I get it back, I have to schedule a time to meet them. The most frustrating Part right now, which is a good thing, is that so many people are from around the world contacting me. So right now, it's just figuring out how to get to those people. But I think I have over 100 portraits up as of right now. And the list just keeps getting longer and longer.
0: And for those of us uh, you know, online who want to see those portraits, where do we find them?
1: So the website is yourjustmytype.com your Y o u r e and everything that I post on there, I also post on the Instagram, which is you're just my type one. And the Facebook page is under you're just my type as well.
0: Fantastic. So that's a, that's an interesting comment as well about, you know, diabetes is so global, right? There's so, it's not, it's easy to just, you know, look at ourselves here in the US, like 1.25 million type ones, um, as the latest research shows. Um, but I think the you know looking at it internationally, like I've interviewed people from New Zealand, from Australia, from the UK, um, you know, from all over the world. People reach out, especially via Instagram. I think is such a, a huge, crucial part of it um, because like hashtag diabetes is the same in every language, right? And so um, yeah. it's really easy to get connected with people, um, you know, via that that sort of hashtag research type channel. Um, What are some of the people, you know, uh, when they reach out to you and obviously like how uh, is is, this might be a, you know, kind of a audacious question, I guess, but like, how are you going to go take their photos? What's the, uh, you know, what's the dream vision for that?
1: Right. And I'll tell you, and let me just say this too, like about people being from all over the place. uh, It's, you know what, that I just realized as we're talking is that. Diabetes is also, we can view it as this like common language that we share because it's been so exciting. I've been getting all of these followers on Instagram from all over the Middle East and like I'll click on their profile and I obviously don't speak or read the language, but as soon as you see like a photo of like an infusion set or like a bottle of test strips, like everything kind of just makes sense to you. And you don't need to be able to like understand each other's language when you we share this like such a big part of our lives together. Like everything is so symbolic, like from all over the world and the plan right now, um, I'm raising money to be able to travel to everyone. Like my small goal, it's a lot of work. This is a lot of work and, um, it's just me kind of doing it right now. And I have a lot of, people telling me like, why don't you hire other photographers around the world or even around the country so that when someone contacts you, you can set them up with the photographer that's closest. But the thing is like, this is my, this is my baby. And this might sound like super selfish, but I get so much out of meeting every single individual. And like, I always walk away a changed person for the better after these photo sessions. And so right now I'm working on Um, kind of like a you're just my type university ambassadors and I want to find kids in colleges I guess they don't have to be in college but kids across the world um, who are looking for leadership roles and I want them to kind of represent you're just my type and they're going to be in charge of doing bi-monthly meetups and like starting the support group that we all need so badly and their own Facebook group page and giving like they will be in charge of sending out the questionnaires to all these people that want to be involved in their city and then once I get the list back I hope to be able to just like take these trips and fly to every place that I'm wanted and go make a bigger just my type trip take as many photos as I can while I'm there and then come back here and keep doing that I really have to go back to my passion which is like these small, like, being able, when I lived in Egypt, like, we were in these villages where they had never seen people from the United States before, and I would love to really, like, my goal, I want to do these, I want to do these, like, beautiful coffee table books full of my portraits, and I just want to show that, like, the extreme different human conditions we all live in, even though we all share this common thread, so I would love to photograph, like, a little boy in Egypt with type 1 diabetes, and put him on an opposing page of like a man that works on Wall Street in New York and just show, like, just really like have it be this huge eye opener of how, how alike we all are.
0: Yeah. And it's just, it's always that one thing we all instantly have in common, right? Um,
1: it really is this like instant family. The second you meet someone, it's just you, you will never run out of things to talk about.
0: Yeah. And I think like that's, that's so apropos i think you know to especially like diabetics doing things right like it's all the things that we are outside of that but at at the root we all are connected through um through our daily struggle through you know through our you know the challenges that we overcome on a daily basis and i think it's cool to see the same struggles that you have if you're a guy on wall street or you know the same struggles that you have as a as a kid in you know in a country like egypt where you know your medical coverages are different, and uh, maybe it, it might be difficult to get supplies. I know there's a great organization, T1 International. Uh, we had Elizabeth on our podcast uh, last year. They're doing amazing work fighting for insulin reform. Um, and then, um, and you know, they were talking about people in Syria. Um, you know, obviously, like the conflict in Syria is is very publicized, and you know, there's a lot of awareness and of going on during the war over there. But something that's going undocumented are the amount of diabetics that are affected by uh, the conflict and how they can't get the supplies they need to survive. And so they end up being war casualties and instead of a, you know, really a healthcare crisis. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's really important and the work that uh, T1 international is doing fighting for insulin reform is just really, really, really positive. And I think, you know, that message needs to be spread as well. It's just that that there are the faces behind those stories, uh, those are real people being affected by it. And I think, um, you know, I'd love to see the, the human condition, like you said, affected by, you know, where you are on earth and, uh, you know, but by the same disease.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the main goal. It's like only, go- I'm, I'm just really like, it's so sorry. It's so overwhelming. Like you, you just don't realize how big this is and like to be a part of something so much bigger then like who we are has just been so incredible and like like say even like just say like i didn't the whole plan wasn't even to spread awareness it was just to do this photo book and share these stories like of course it's going to spread awareness like of course it's going to break stigmas like it's going to do everything good by by just posting these stories and so i definitely i mean you i yeah sorry i'm like totally lost in my sentence like Uh out what I was trying to
0: say I got I gotta I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot here but I want to hear uh, maybe not your favorite but the most impactful story something that touched you the most of someone that you've uh, taken photos of
1: oh my god easy um, I recently did a photo shoot with a young woman and she had me meet her at um, a college campus. And I showed up and I said, so did you go to the school? And she was like, no, I didn't. You're probably wondering why I wanted you to meet me here. And I was like, yeah. And she said that she was working at the college campus when she was just recently diagnosed. And that they gave her so many issues. And I mean, to the point where they were pushing her to quit her job before they fired her and just making her feel like a complete liability, not doing anything they should have been doing to make sure she was safe and still able to do her job. Really like really broke this girl down in a time where she she was he had just been diagnosed and she thought that this is what it meant to have diabetes was not being accepted anywhere. And she said she wanted this place to be in the background of her photos so that she could see how much she had overcome in the past year since she left working there. And she is now um, doing amazing things. She's working on a book right now. And we went back to the campus that she had to leave because of the way they were treating her, like the actual building. And you could feel like, I mean, I know I was in tears. It was like we, I was there with her, like seeing her finally like give them like a huge, like screw you, look at what I have done it was, I can't, like, even now I'm, like, getting, it was very emotional. It was one of the most emotional shoots I've ever done.
0: And that's, I think, that that's, it's amazing, right? Like, it, that's oh so, it imp- was, and, you could, and you couldn't have known that that's what you were walking into.
1: No, I never know. And I'll be having, like, you know, we all have our bad days. I'll be having a bad day. That doesn't mean I cancel my shoot. Like, I show up and I, I'm. I meet them and I was just so like I was so shaken up from it like on my way home I I just could not believe what had just happened I did not know my day was going to go like that I don't think she knew her day was gonna impact me in that way but it was so it was such a powerful experience I didn't want to leave sometimes I do these shoots they ask me how long they're gonna take and I'm like oh you know I just need like 30 minutes to an hour and sometimes I have to some it's like I'll leave four hours later and it's like Whole, like this connection like yeah you it was incredible it was incredible by far the the most impactful shoot i've done yet
0: that's amazing and the, and i'm sure that's only scratching the surface of the you know the stories that um that you've heard give me another one i, I we're, i'm dying i'm putting you on the spot again but um you know maybe not most impactful i mean that one i'm I was i'm still sort of like in, <laughs> in disbelief at that at, at all of it but um, what, what's another one that just you know another surprise what another um, you know judge okay, a book me, by its cover moment
1: okay I, I'll tell this story let me see so I post this is when I was first starting out and I was really in need for people to photograph and I posted this thing on Facebook like diabetics in the South Bay and I, I said what I was doing if anyone was interested and this guy reached out to me he had me meet him at this like very beautiful secluded beach in in Newport. And I get down there, there's there's probably like four other people on this beach. And I came down there with the intent of um, photographing him and then I had one after him who ended up canceling on me while I was down there. And I was like really bummed. I was like, I wish I could do two shoots today just because I had the time. So I'm photographing him not paying attention to the other two people on the beach and I'm walking back and I was talking to him about how I had just been featured on Diabetes Daily and I asked him if he knew any other diabetics in the area that I could like possibly get to that day and then I even asked him I said is the beach always this empty and he said no and I'm like it's so weird that there's nobody here right now like I remember this very clearly and then there were two people like that I mentioned two these two other people on the sand. One of them looks up at me and goes, "Are you a type 1 diabetic?" And I said, "Yes." "Why?" And he said, "So am I. We went to diabetes camp together. You probably don't remember me." He said, "You looked so familiar when you were walking down the ramp and I couldn't I couldn't figure out how I knew you. And then I saw your insulin pump and like I that it clicked. I knew I knew you from camp." And I was like you've got to be kidding me. So then I'm like, "Okay, he must like live down here." And I'm like, "Where do you live?" And he told me Pasadena, which is like 10 minutes from where I live now. And I was like, "What are you doing all the way down here? That's not it. That's probably about an hour and a half drive away from where he lives." And he was working on photography stuff for his job, and I asked if I could photograph him then and there, and I did, and I sent him everything after. And now him and I I see him every day. He has been the most help with you're just my type. He Never surrounded himself with other diabetics. And I think now that we have each other, like we're the people, like I text him anytime I need to vent about it. He thinks he he thanks me all the time for like giving them his him this like purpose. He had never embraced the community either. And it's turned into this like really amazing friendship. All because we were in the same place on the same beach that day.
0: That's unbelievable. That's so, that's just serendipitous, right? You're doing the right things. It's just, the. it's just momentum, right? Positive momentum. Doing the right things leads you to the right places.
1: It was nuts, yeah. And then my, yeah, I guess the only other, like, I, I think I get so surprised when I go to shoots and like mid-shoot, they're like, by the way, you're the first diabetic I've ever met. And I think that is always pretty crazy. Yeah,
0: isn't it? it I think, I want to, I want to I I like focus on that feeling for a minute because, I, I know obviously what the what the community gives and provides people online especially especially on Instagram because I love Instagram and there's so many diabetics doing amazing stuff uh, there and there's so many conversations happening on a daily basis. The community is so open and so welcoming. Um, I want you to I want you to put yourself back like dial yourself back to when you didn't get involved in the community when you didn't either know it was out there or weren't really looking for it. Um, and some of the feelings that you were going through and then, uh, you know, tell somebody, uh, you know, tell us what it means to be a part of this community for, for a diabetic out there that might just be passively listening or somebody that's not involved, um, or kind of wants to get involved. What the, what's waiting for them on the other side of this awesome community?
1: You know, this is <laughs> your family can try to understand what you're going through. Like they eat the closest people in your life, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, like They can love you so much and want to understand everything you're saying when you're trying to describe a low blood sugar and a high blood sugar, but truth be told, like in all reality, somebody without this disease will never ever understand what it feels like and what we have to go through every day and why we don't sleep through the night and you can't describe it enough for them to understand. And I think finally meeting someone, even if it's one person, if you describe the way you're feeling when you're at low or high, they will know exactly what you're talking about. And I think that is one of the most powerful connections we can make with each other. It's even if you need someone to vent, like, it is so refreshing. It is so, I mean, I know that my fr- my non-diabetic friends probably get annoyed all the time, and I might too, and it's like, finally, when you're talking, I have friends now that will just text me, like, their blood sugar number if it's bad, and I'll, like, send back, you're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. It is so powerful when you are talking to someone. Like, I mean, we only have each other. We only have each other. That really gets it. Our doctors who aren't diabetic don't know what it feels like, but we we all do, and that's what we have. That's what we have to work with.
0: It is, and you know what? It's enough. Uh, it's what we have to work with, and we we as a community are enough, and I think uh, more than enough most of the time. Uh, it's amazing to talk to people who are not your doctor and not your family, not your friends, not your girlfriend, who are living and thriving with the same disease and know the same stuff you're going through. Uh, you don't have to over explain. I think sometimes we get caught in over explaining diabetes, and it's really nice to not have to do that.
1: I agree. It, yeah, it is more than enough. It's amazing. It's really amazing what
0: we have. So, Laura, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I think uh, you know you and I could probably talk for another two or three hours uh, nice. on this uh, on on this topic and really you know explore all of the different pieces. But. Um, I, I really love the work that you're doing. I think that um, you know you and I have talked about uh, when I come out to LA to get some time on the books to shoot with you, and I would love that, uh, and to do maybe a, an in-person interview as well to talk about sort of how your journey's progressing. Um, you know, you you and your and your community have been big uh, in my community as well, and I think you know it's uh, it's really important that we all build each other up. So thanks so much for uh, for taking the time.
1: Oh my God, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening to Diabetics Doing Things. Subscribe to our newsletter for weekly emails and behind-the-scenes content. And if you or someone you know has an amazing story to share, send an email to rob at diabeticsdoingthings.com.